0: It takes more than insane debugging skills to be a great software engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering episode 145. I'm your host, Dave Smith.
1: I'm your host, Jameson Dance.
0: Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show for software developers about non-technical subjects.
1: I guess it's like debugging people problems or organizational problems.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's like root cause.
1: Yeah. I want to thank our wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to Chris Hogan, the Agile Ventures Charity, Zach Grannon, David Jackson, Sean Clayton, Nick Cantar, and Sonic the Hedgehog. Thank you for supporting the podcast at the level where we shout you out every single episode. If you want to support the show, you can go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon.
0: All right. Do you want to jump into our questions? Let's
1: do it. Let's just do it. Down to business.
0: All right, I'll read the first one. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, How do I deal with the manager on my team who is both not very technical and positions positions himself as the, quote, boss, spending almost no time with the team except dragging everyone into more and more meetings? Angry red face emoji. I'm always bad at saying the emoji names.
1: I think you have a second career ahead of you as an emoji transcriber.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Setting a new bar for low-quality emoji transcription. All right, continuing. My manager upsets and demotivates the team, but not upper management, and is clearly trying to climb the career ladder as fast as possible. Obviously, everyone wants the team to succeed, but the friction is growing. Some team members have already left with maybe too subtle hints at the problem. Should one stage a coup and take over or silently manipulate people to go into the right direction or switch teams' jobs and see it burn from the sidelines? Popcorn emoji.
1: (laughs) You got it. Nailed it.
0: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Just the mental image of you eating popcorn and watching this other team crash and burn is just (laughs) so sadistic.
1: (laughs) I mean, if there's a team out there that pays you to eat popcorn, switch immediately. (laughs) That sounds like... (laughs) That sounds like the deal of a lifetime. (laughs) You don't even have to do any work and it can be celebratory popcorn. It doesn't necessarily need to be like, uh, watch disasters occur. Maybe they just have too much popcorn and they need to get rid of it. (laughs) It's a popcorn surplus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Huh. So non-technical manager who is causing the team pain, but it appears like upper management is not aware of the pain and they like this person, even though the team is struggling underneath them.
0: Yeah. And, and this is a very ambitious manager who's climbing the ladder, which tells me that you might not be uh, in this situation for long. It sounds like you might just climb that ladder run right up, up to the next rung and be out of your hair.
1: <laughs> this is this just my justice meter is like waving wildly. I, I have this, <laughs> this desire for the world to be good and just, and I want people to get promoted that kick butt at their current job. Not people to be promoted who uh, are good at climbing the ladder and ambitious, if that makes sense. Like the fact that the team is sad and people are quitting makes me makes me want to have this person not succeed. Yeah. But it's very possible that the path to promotion is very different from what is required to be good at your job and, and do good work. Which just it just hurts. I know. Hurts me that the world is like that. Me too. Well what <laughs> meditations on bureaucracy excuse me i'm gonna go get some popcorn that section (laughs) (laughs) yeah what should they do
0: this is really hard because i think you're faced with a dilemma of do i just bear it and just deal with it or do i let this in or do i actually tackle this injustice and then you have to ask yourself if i tackle this injustice and go to my manager's management and ask them to do something and give them enough evidence to take action and move this person out you could i mean now you're rolling the dice again and you're you may be getting a new person entirely who's bad in all kinds of new ways
1: and so do you keep the same you jumped way ahead yeah i mean that's that's if it works (laughs) oh yeah if (laughs) if you if your efforts result in them not being your manager anymore
0: yeah good That's that's a fair point and that's a big if (laughs) <laughs> big big assumptions. But assuming all that comes together, you still might end up with a replacement who's just as bad in maybe a different way as this person. So, So you either, in my opinion, go for the gusto all the way and try to get this person displaced, or you learn to work around this person's idiosyncrasies. That's like a diplomatic way of saying terrible attributes (laughs) (laughs) work around them like you would work around a bug in software and then just move on and those are your two options i think i don't know is there a third option i'm not seeing
1: i just idiosyncrasies is like you wear a funny hat sometimes (laughs) (laughs) uh so the two options are work around them or roll the dice and try to get them replaced by someone else basically right yeah is that what you're saying i think you should also be aware Everyone knows whistleblowers just, they retire to a life of luxury yeah, right. and, are, and, are, and are just like their names echo through the company as people who have done great things and everyone loves them. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, that, there's a chance that not only will you not get this person replaced, but that it can backfire oh, yeah. wildly <laughs> as as you try to work around them or or disrupt them or, I don't know, undermine them.
0: Yeah, I mean, this this person is clearly dead set on climbing the ladder, and if you step in and disrupt that, you could incur the ire of a very ambitious and focused person.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think if you do want to take that approach, you have to make it about results, not about things that you don't like about them, if they're rude or or. I don't know, whatever their idiosyncrasies are. But if you can make it about how the team is not delivering because of this person, that's a lot easier to, uh, I think, it's a lot less objective. It's a lot, or the other thing, it's a lot more objective. It's a lot less likely to appear like, oh, they just don't get along.
0: Right, like a personality conflict.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you can say, here's how their bad behavior is causing the team to fail at meeting our objectives and goals then I think that's the stronger case than saying the team is unhappy. Even though the team is unhappy is very valid criticism and feedback, it might be harder to receive in this kind of fraught environment than we fail at our projects because of this, this, and this that this person does.
0: Yeah, And also keep in mind that there might be a silver lining here. If this manager is really good at making management think he's great, then management through the transitive property of greatness might think your whole team is great. And it could very well be that he is setting you up for long-term success in the organization by creating positive marketing around your own team within the company. And so I wouldn't completely discredit this person as a manager just because he doesn't manage down very well. Uh, He could could be that he's managing up super great and you might just benefit from it.
1: Yeah. I feel like kind of reading between the lines, I wonder if it's applying a lot of pressure and and kind of like cracking the whip to make people crank stuff out because that's a thing that could cause a lot of friction with the team but be appreciated by upper management and then you have a harder time saying like we're failing because they'll be like you're not no you're not you're doing doing great great. all those 80 hour (laughs) weeks are really paying off
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i told your manager to do
1: that (laughs) yeah yeah huh i
0: don't know I do think you need to take a holistic view here and not just consider how you and your team react to your manager, but consider the whole enchilada and see if maybe there's some benefits. And then if you're really proactive, what you could do with your manager is you could sit down and say, here are your strengths, here are my strengths and the rest of the team's strengths. Let's see if we can create a complementary team where you play to your strengths and we play to ours. And here's how we want the relationship to work from you downward. And then, you know, let's see if we can make this awesome together.
1: Yeah. Upsets and demotivates the team. That feels like a key phrase. I wonder if they're aware and they're just willing to do it because it's the cost of climbing the ladder.
0: You mean you, want, you wonder if they're a psychopath?
1: Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or maybe they're not aware. And then there is more room for conversation, kind of like you suggested to say, hey, the, if you want to climb the ladder, like having us do great work is, is one way to do that. And these things are preventing us from doing great work. Yeah you could kind of make it make it clear how it will help them achieve their goals.
0: Oh yeah, good point. That's that's really important, I think.
1: Yeah. I don't know. This is a tricky problem. A non non-technical manager. Do you think that plays into it, the fact that they're not technical?
0: Oh, I think that could definitely play into it. It could it could even bias the question asker against this person's skills because their skills are not as apparent in the technical domain.
1: Oh, that makes sense. You're saying it's possible that they are good at things that you don't see. Do you think it is worth asking your boss, hey, what do you do? <laughs> what is your day like? Where does your time and effort go?
0: I think that question might be a little too specific. It might cause an eyebrow to go up.
1: <laughs> I mean, obviously snuck in between just comments about sports teams. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a combination of the weather and sports where you actually play a sports game based on the weather. It's the ultimate small talk topic. Cloud fight. Thunderball. Boy, how about that cold front out of Minnesota that is leading the standings? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Fantasy weather leagues. That's got to exist. There has to be <laughs> a, like futures markets. Oh, there based are. On there are futures markets written. on weather. There are. They're absolutely are. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go dominate them.
0: But there's no fantasy weather league, as far as I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I played.
1: It's, it's sort of the same thing, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is, I guess. It's just, yeah. You just don't have to have a PhD in finance to play one of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But I feel like my 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 original point still could stand, maybe. Maybe maybe there's room to better understand what they do and why, because it's possible you have a biased view of it and and you don't understand kind of the value of the things that they are doing. It's possible that you could find out and then be like, yeah, yeah, I was totally right. It's useless political nonsense that, that just <laughs> hurt, hurts the team and helps themselves. But it might be worth exploring a little bit too.
0: I have had a conversation like this with a manager who was spending time, or rather, was whose actions day by day were less visible to me than I cared than I cared for. I just didn't really know what they did with their time. And I asked them, I didn't ask them, where do you spend all your time? But I did ask them, how do you see your role? And at the time, I was a technical lead on the team with this manager. I said, how do you see your role compared to mine? What are the things you do? And I don't. And he actually listed several things that I hadn't even considered that he considered to be important parts of his jobs. And after he said it, I was like, oh, you're right. Those are important things. I just didn't even...
1: <laughs> yeah, you can keep doing those. I don't want to do any of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not only are they important, I don't want to touch them.
0: And it gave me a new perspective on him. So maybe maybe that kind of a conversation would be, va- would be valuable here. Well, have we helped? Probably not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a tricky one. I, I think switch jobs is always an option too. Yeah, <laughs> people, I've heard the saying, people quit managers, they don't quit jobs. And right. I could see that. So maybe it's time. I don't know. All right. Good luck. Next question. I'm going to just read it. This is from another anonymous listener. While testing my system at work, I was shocked by how little data security there was. Two issues exposed the entire system's data by just changing a query string. Also, every API call had no backend check on the user making the call. These are just two examples of many. This is a gigantic multi-billion dollar institution handling hundreds of thousands of people's data, some of it incredibly sensitive. This fact will be known on my resume. This leads to my question. I am looking for a new job now and wondering how much detail about these security issues is appropriate to share on the resume. I feel like this helps me stand out as a developer Uh, stand out as a newer developer, but could be frowned upon by prospective employers that worry that I may overshare their own security issues. What should I do? Thanks for your help.
0: This is very simple. As you are applying for new companies, go to their website and find all the security issues there, and then just blackmail your way into that job.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's kind of tongue in cheek, but I feel like that's a great way to get a security job (laughs) at the right organization or potentially go to jail. (laughs) <laughs> at the wrong
0: organization. <laughs> and learn about a whole new kind of security. Maximum yeah. security. <laughs> you know, at my last company, we were hiring an InfoSec, uh, what did we call this person? Sec- uh, Chief security officer, I think. And we were a small startup. We had about maybe 50 people in the office there. And uh, he had an interview scheduled for later in the week, but he showed up a couple of days early And just walked in to see how far he could get into the office. (laughs) And he started asking people questions and stuff. And he actually did get stopped by one of the employees, Um, but it was just hilarious. And then when he came into the interview, he was like, hi, everyone. And they were like, oh, we remember you. (laughs) It was a crack. Did he get the job? He did. And he's still working there five years later.
1: All right. Proof positive. So you could get a job at your current company is what Dave is saying <laughs> as a security researcher. <laughs> yeah, that's tricky. I-, I think it's worth mentioning that you have found vulnerabilities, but probably not what they are. <laughs> if you if you include like a working Python script to reproduce <laughs> them, that's probably not great.
0: Uh Yeah. Definitely. So So, so you're saying there's a uh, of
1: Gigantic, like, universe-sized caveat here. I am not a security expert, and this is is not my domain. And there are probably procedures about how to handle security vulnerabilities. And so I think my meta advice is, like, talk to someone in a security field to ask (laughs) what they think about how to handle this situation. Yeah. I mean, there's whole, like, common vulnerability what's the CVE what does the E stand for I don't know I was actually just
0: looking at one yesterday and remember trying to realize or
1: exchange
0: <laughs> trying to recall what the E stands for you swap them
1: know. with each other I don't know but but yeah they're they're like mailing lists and processes and stuff to to expose vulnerabilities in projects so there's probably some precedent about how to handle this but pretend like you don't want any of that stuff you want our advice on this
0: I on the other hand am an intergalactic security expert
1: Oh wow and wow <laughs> i had no idea all right tell me just tell me what to do
0: i can't even your language doesn't even work to talk about the security that i know
1: (laughs) it's just lost in the translation
0: but seriously here's what i know about security any comment any statement you make about security there is someone waiting in the wings to poke their head out and say well actually and then <laughs> like you just can't make any assertions
1: yeah okay well actually caveat is is <laughs> is there I, I mean i think you can mention i found all these vulnerabilities but not say what they are and, and and then be prepared to talk about them in vague generic terms that aren't like how horrible the company was but more like, look at how this demonstrates my skills at problem solving. Because that's what you're trying to do, exactly.
0: In fact, I would focus on what you did to resolve these issues. And I would say something like, I fixed X number of security vulnerabilities and protected the data of, you know, significant data for the company. And you probably would be, it would probably be inappropriate to disclose, like, you know, if you said something like four million customers would have had their credit cards leaked or something like that, that would probably be inappropriate.
1: What if they didn't fix it though? What if they just found it? I'm, I'm imagining a nightmare scenario where it's a giant institution, so there's probably a lot of bureaucracy. What if they try and report it and then it just gets smacked down? Someone Jedi mind tricks them and says there are no security vulnerabilities.
0: <laughs> I would probably leave that off my resume. <laughs>
1: <laughs> leave the part about how you didn't fix it or just leave the part about how you found it off.
0: Yeah, like I... I might just leave the whole thing off because it's going to lead to a story of, well, what happened? And then then you're going to have to tell this story about how there are still security vulnerabilities at your previous company that are unfixed, and you were were unable to influence the organization to fix them.
1: I mean, there's detail we didn't read that basically they were not a security person at all. This was pretty far outside of their wheelhouse, though. True. So do you feel like it's a reasonable expectation to put on them to say that you... You should fix whatever you find. Like
0: Well, I'm not I'm not saying I expect you to fix it, but I am saying if you're gonna call it out as a big plus on your resume, it should probably mm-hmm. have a really strong story to go with it. And okay. if, if you have to then describe it to a potential employer and they're like, What happened? You're like, Well, I couldn't get it done. You know, I mean that's the story that they're gonna hear. Hmm.
1: Okay. That's interesting. So it's it sounds like almost a failure then.
0: Yeah, like I mean, to me, every bullet on your resume should be just a fabulous story about you that makes someone want to hire you. Um, that doesn't mean that you haven't done anything wrong. It just means that if you're going to sell yourself, you should probably put your best feet forward. Hmm. I only have two feet and I usually put them both forward.
1: <laughs> that's, that's way more of a bummer than what I thought you were going to say. What, what did you think I was going to say? I don't know. It just seems like it's like a cool accomplishment. Hey, I'm in this other role and I was poking around and I uncovered this pretty big thing and here's Here's what I used or here's the skills I used to investigate it. And I guess I can see there's nothing else to say after that if you didn't resolve it or didn't cause it to get resolved.
0: I mean, finding issues is great, but if you found an issue and remember, I know nothing about your company. And so if you found this big issue and then, and for whatever reason, the company decided not to fix it, I could interpret that as, well, you found an issue, but it wasn't that important because the business didn't invest in fixing it. Yeah. You know? And it's like, are you going to come to my company and just poke around and do stuff that's useless from a business perspective? Or are you going to come and do valuable stuff for my business?
1: So anyway. So you you have the opportunity to do some resume-driven development then if you're still there. You could you could push a little bit more to get it fixed. Yeah. And, and, and then and then an ending for your story. <laughs> and then you quit. And then quit. <laughs>
0: now, I'm, I don't think this is written in the question. So we're, we may be a little bit on a tangent here, which, by the way, I think we should consider renaming the podcast to just Tangent. But anyway, <laughs>
1: just one word, <laughs> one word,
0: um, but like, so let's, let's assume that it does have a happy ending. The real crux of this question is, am I ethically bound to not disclose these security vulnerabilities from an institution I worked at that has a reputation to uphold?
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I feel like if it's work that you did, that was valuable, there there are security vulnerabilities everywhere and (laughs) i think not being able to say how you improved the state of things because it would prove that things were bad before that that doesn't feel right to me i I mean I, i do feel pretty strongly that you shouldn't get into the specifics of talking about what system it was or what like you said what data was exposed or maybe even how exactly it worked or how someone could reproduce it but i don't see how I mean, most of the work that most people do every day is somehow to, most developers do is to improve some system, right? And like, you should be able to talk about that work without feeling like you're implicitly saying, boy, it was really sucky before. And then and then worrying that people are going to think you're talking crap about your, your current employer.
0: True. I mean, but I do think, let me ask you this. Do you think there's a difference between me saying, for example, I made the software run twice as fast and improved the lives of a million customers versus... Saying, I prevented the disclosure of a million customers' credit card numbers to the public, or sorry, not prevented. I found out that a million customers' credit card numbers had been <laughs> exposed to the public, and I and I plugged the hole.
1: Maybe don't say that part, but say <laughs> say we found this. I don't know. I think you can say I found a severe security vulnerability and, and worked to get it fixed.
0: I guess the, I guess it also depends on whether the company has disclosed the vulnerability. Because if they have, then you're probably safe to say I'm the one that found that. And if they haven't, then I think you're, you are you got to be a little bit more careful.
1: You're making me regret picking this question. <laughs> I don't know. All the code I write is secure, so I'm unfamiliar with this security vulnerability concept you talk about.
0: Yeah, this is thanks to the no-bugs-driven development methodology that we espouse.
1: Yeah, security security people will love it when we call security a subset of bugs <laughs> <laughs> we don't write bugs which automatically means our stuff is secure
0: it's the no vulnerability driven they're all
1: smiling and nodding <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i I do think you were right to raise this question I do think it's an ethical quandary I think it's very hard and i i would there i would definitely not do full disclosure here there are definitely details I would reserve but it's gonna be up to you to decide like what is the exact what, details you What's the add?
1: point of this podcast then? That's the biggest <laughs> cop out I've ever heard you say on this show. Oh, that's not the biggest. You just said, "I don't know. <laughs> it's up to you."
0: <laughs> I'm saying I'm 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 kind of what I'm saying is not it's up totally up to you. I'm saying you're right to not give all the details. So, on a spectrum of not revealing anything versus revealing all the details, it's you know in math how set notation has the bracket versus the parentheses around the set. Uh-huh. <laughs> the right-hand side of this set has the one that excludes the final element. Whatever that is. I don't remember if it's <laughs> a bracket. That is
1: the, uh, it's the parens. Okay. I just had to look this up yesterday, which is the only reason I know <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> so parens on the right-hand side, bracket on the left-hand side.
1: Okay. And our listeners all got it because they're all geniuses <laughs> who also looked it up yesterday. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like my, the summary of my position is uh, you should, I, I buy your point about it sounds much better if you have something to report more than like I found it and it's still there. <laughs> yeah. So to try to get some progress on it. And then I think it's okay to talk in vague terms about how as part of your work, you ran across these vulnerabilities that expose sensitive data and, and worked to get them fixed. And it was, it was kind of tricky to uncover them or whatever the story you want to tell about it. Yeah. I guess tech, the story is it wasn't tricky to uncover them, though. <laughs> the story is it's shockingly open. But I think I think it demonstrates that you care about improving yeah. things. That's great. And and that you care about quality and doing good work. And I think those are good things to have stories to back up. I agree. All right. Well, good luck. I hope uh, I hope your job search goes well. Good luck,
0: and congrats on finding these awesome security vulnerabilities. <laughs>
1: Congratulations. Yeah, they're like Pokemon. You've acquired more. <laughs> your Pokedex is more full now. Yeah. What should people do if they want their own questions answered?
0: Go hit us up on our website at softskills.audio and click on Ask a Question. There's a simple form there. Thank you so much to all of you who have asked questions this week. As usual, there's more than we can get to, but we will eventually.
1: Thank you so much for listening. See ya!